Okay, ladies and gents, just a quick announcement. Don't worry, we haven't been taken over by sponsorship vehicles. This is just a quick apology from me, actually. This week's uh, bonus Transatlantic Rebels podcast um, was it was the target of Russian hackers who basically went in and hacked uh, the position of the microphone when I recorded it so that it sounds like I am on a submarine. Um I completely deny any wrongdoing and it was the American people that are at fault here and the Russians and also the Chinese. Um, So don't worry, Uh, once I access the nuclear codes, then uh, everything shall be restored. Um, Hopefully you'll be able to hear me. I'm going to try and employ some studio trickery. Uh, You should definitely be able to hear Rashad just as clearly as usual. So enjoy this special bonus edition of the world is coming to an end podcast (sighs) hello everybody perfect thank you okay ladies and gentlemen welcome to the transatlantic rebels podcast this is an episode of frustration anger boiling over michael douglas in that film where he gets out of his car and shoots everyone and rashad leaving the united states It's not a good sign if I'm starting off a podcast with a gigantic sigh, but that's the reality of the situation. Rashad sighing too, because this is a special transatlantic rebels podcast. We don't really cover politics in terms of explicitly here, like certainly not in terms of the topical choice. However, um, this is pretty historic. It feels kind of like a watershed moment in uh, American politics. And uh, since we've got the outsider, i.e. me, Jessel, and we've got the actual American, or soon-to-be former American, uh, Rochard, then (laughs) this seems like an opportune moment to talk about, yes, that man, Donald Trump. He's going to be the President of the United States. This is not a drill. Rochard, you go. I remember we did it. We were starting to do a podcast before, like a while ago. And we had a little quick conversation. And Jessel said to me that, I'm sorry that I believe that your people are going to vote in Donald Trump for president. And I said to Jessel, I was like, there's no way that the America that voted for Barack Obama twice is going to vote for Donald Trump. There's just no way. You can say whatever issues you have with Hillary, but there's no way that my fellow countrymen are going to let a situation happen where somebody who literally does not know what the hell they're doing in business and life and morals and values to ever become president. I know they have their issues, and I know if every American president that's ever been involved, in fact, any leader that's been involved in any country has their flaws and their pluses, but there's never been a clearer point where, even though you may not be a fan of one or two of them or whatever, there's no way that they're going to allow and Donald Trump to become president. And on November 8th, as I watched TV, and I sat there with my mouth dropped, I remember I tweeted something, about how I remember when um, George W. Bush uh, declared uh, uh, Iraq to surrender or he was going to bomb the hell out of him. And I remember sat, sitting on my television getting a headache and I was like, this fucking doesn't make any sense. And then it happened. And then I'm looking at it and I'm like, are people going to wake up? 
And then later on, what happened with that whole situation, if you guys remember, is where George W. Bush came in with that mission accomplished, flight suit, and everything was done. And obviously it wasn't done because instead of not being able to find weapons of mass destruction, he changed the objective about helping the Iraqi people reach their freedoms. And I looked around at my fellow countrymen, and I said, are you guys kidding me? Are you really going to swallow this garbage? And then after that, we we kind of got back on the right foot eight for, for, the, for the previous eight years. Now, okay, Barack's not perfect, but at least he's trying to do something or whatever like that. I mean, everybody has their flaws. It's the world. This is how it works. And I was like, there's no way we're going to repeat something like George W. Bush. And as a matter of fact, you got a person that if, if George W. Bush came out and said, can I be president again? I'd be more than happy to say, you know what, if we can do a, if we can do a, um, a trade-in, I would trade you in, even though I didn't like you either. So that's where we're at right now. And I don't know if I'm just going to drop off the face of her. So this week might be the last transatlantic rebels you ever hear. Just like <laughs> Yeah, it will be just um, a UK rebels one because Rashad will apply for British citizenship, basically. No, I'm just going to go. No, actually, I'm going to do a cane from Kung Fu. I'm just going to walk to Earth. I'm just going yeah. to like get in my car and then drive it somewhere and then just get out the car because I'm never going to repossess it. And then I'm just going to walk to Earth and get into adventures, basically. Matter of fact, I got my passport. I may just fly to Australia and just hide out there. So we'll see what happens. Now, here's the thing. I'm actually, well, listen, I'm not the biggest fan of Donald Trump, that's fair to say. However, I am going to play devil's advocate a few times uh, in, in the next sort of 20, 25 minutes. Um, because there are things that I can maybe see that won't be so bad. Now, the problem is, is that you just said, OK, you know, you'd rather have George Bush in. And the thing is, George, George Bush was just a puppet and a complete bumbling idiot and I don't think Donald Trump is a complete bumbling idiot I don't think he is at all oh but you uh, said the word puppet so that's interesting that you said that George Bush was a complete puppet and, oh I know uh, oh I know as in like George Bush whatever the second one the first one was a very intelligent motherfucker yes the, the, exactly. the second one was a complete puppet and um, so it's interesting that you say you'd rather have him than Trump and I can understand why that's a, but it's a half joke though so I know what you're saying yeah, no, no, but but I, I can, even though it may be in jest, you know, um, there's, there's a point underlying it. And the thing is, is that within, <laughs> under under Bush's presidency, um, there was a lot of war that went on and a lot of really bad things. And your country spiraled into debt, recession, everything. Um, it was pretty crazy. Now, the thing is with Donald Trump, there are so many, right now at this point, I would rather have Trump than Bush. If you're just talking about purely results-driven agendas, like if you're talking about the economy, if you're talking about politics, even though all the crap he's saying right now, yeah. My problem is that if America starts going to war under Trump, then that's when the shit will really hit the fan. If he can stay out of war for four years, yeah, just stop, just don't do any, no, whatever it takes, just avoid war like Obama kind of did. Obama did a lot of covert shit, yeah, fine, fair enough. But that's the US military. Um, if America can avoid some big, gigantic war, then I think Donald Trump would have surprised me and and, and I'll be happy with that, basically, over the yeah. next four to eight years. I say eight because there's a really strong possibility he could become uh, president in 2020. Now, if you're talking from an economic point of view, um, I, know, I know we had a little tete-a-tete about this before, where um, as Donald Trump was, uh, when he won, and it was in, it was like seven o'clock in the morning or something when he did his uh, victory speech in, in the UK, it was that kind of time. Uh, 
And, uh, and then that, that afternoon, I kept an eye on the stock market. And I knew it was going to tank as soon as it opened. And um, I, and I was just like, buy, 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 buy. I bought God knows how many stocks. All, all these American stocks I've just bought. And literally within like half an hour, it all rebounded. Since that point, there's been something called the Trump rally. And it has just shot up since then. And when you combine that, I mean, for me, it's particularly good because if you combine that with the strong dollar versus the incredibly weak pound, then I've already done pretty well out of the last couple of months. Now, I realize I said that to Rashad before and he was just thinking, you bastard. <laughs> like, but in the end, you know, I've got to do what I've got to do. Like, you know, some of you may know that I've got a newborn son and stuff like that. So, you know, I've got to take care of myself first in that respect. And that's just being opportunistic. If you're talking about from a wider point of view about what he represents and the kind of example that he gives to especially young white males in this country, mm-hmm. then it's catastrophic that he is yes. going to be the president. And, and and not just young white males, also young black males. I think just generally. In general, in general. general. Yes. And, and um, there, there are so many things that he's said and done thus far uh, that I just... It does beg a belief, you know. It absolutely begs belief. He lowered the discourse to a to an unprecedented level. If if Romney had done and four years ago, if Romney did any one of the things that shocking things that Trump done, he'd have been finished. Somebody put on Twitter, matter of fact, it was interesting. Um, I don't know if you know a guy named Howard Dean, and he was like he was he was like a, he was a Democratic a Democratic candidate trying to run for presidency during the um the early days. And he got booted for just being overly energetic, like being okay. This guy needs to calm the fuck down, kind of thing like that. Like he was too hype. Meanwhile, I've. It's interesting because, on the one hand, on the one hand, Trump literally, like, if you look at the stats, Trump literally has no mandate. The, the, the vast majority of Americans literally did not vote for that guy. It was a perfect storm of apathy. Um, if you if you know, I don't know if you if, if Britons know about gerrymandering. And voter suppression. Do you guys are you guys aware of that? Those two terms. Yeah, yeah. For sure. Okay, all right. So you had that situation. It was like almost like a perfect. I'm like, I'm not even gonna talk about the Russian stuff because that stuff will come out later on if it's true or not true. But um, but it was just like a, a my my thing as an American, and I've been voting since I was 18 years old. My thing has always been with with certain factors of the American people, and I'm making trouble for this. Is that there's this thing where it's like. I agree. I agree with American arrogance because I've been I've been noticing this since even when I was a kid. And I seen just just a lot of dumb stuff. But there's this thing where they take their civic duty for granted, and they don't see the bigger picture and don't understand. Because here's the thing. Here's the thing that some Americans do. They always wait till the presidential election to get involved in in politics. And most of the time, it's armchair politics. They never really get a lot of people never really get involved in their local. They never really get along with their state. Um, they just sit there and then they wait most of the time for, and it's not all of them because there's people there. Don't get me wrong, there's people who take this dead serious in America. I'm not going. You can't believe that with a brush through. Like that'd be like horrible to say to anybody else. But there's a group that always waits until the presidential election, and they have this weird sense that they believe that the president sets the terms. It the president sets a certain amount of terms. It's there. There's still checks and balances. There's still a fundamental thing where it's like you got the Congress, you got the Supreme Court, and where people don't understand is. If you want your candidate to have a mandate, you kind of have to vote along the party lines to get that mandate executed, in a sense. Now, are there are there flaws in the American system? Yes, there's flaws in every system for the most part. But the biggest flaw I always say, always say is, is that there's a bigger picture that a lot of my compatriots do not see sometimes. And that frustrates me more because I'm privy to the same information they are. And I'm not a political 
um, science major or anything like that by any stretch of imagination. But I do have this degree of perspective and quote unquote common sense where I look at the big picture and I see who's who makes more sense. Neither one of them are perfect. I never, ever went into the booth and voted for a perfect candidate. I never did that. I know they're all going to be flawed. I know there's holes in our system. Like I know there's holes in many other people's systems. But I do understand that. I understand the perspective of humanity. And I just know that even when you have two, quote unquote, not really good choices, you kind of have to vote for the one that makes the most sense. And then at the same time, you make sure you keep your foot on the neck of the people who are in your local area and your state area. And a lot of people seem to ignore that. And then there's a lot of armchair quarterbacking when it comes down. And basically, it's just a frustrating situation sometimes. Because half of my, because the, the reality of my country is most of the time, half of the people don't even vote that are registered to vote. They used to sit back there and go, whatever. And so I'm surprised that, considering the two times that George W. Bush got elected, that um, we did think there's just, it's just never going to be perfection. And I understand people's frustration with the political system, but unless you get involved, it doesn't, your shit's just not going to change. So I don't know. That's just how I feel about it. And um, one of the things that I wanted to do with this particular podcast, because it's basically a time capsule of our current thoughts right now, just before the shit really hits the fan um, because, because it will do. Um, I, I wanted to, uh, I wanted to ask you if, uh, if you make a few predictions about what you think is going to happen in the next four years. Not, no, it doesn't have to be completely wide, but if you just yeah. pick, pick a few, basically things that you have a strong kind of instinct about that you think will happen. They can be it's good or wild, bad. you know. Here's a wild card right now. This is America's real test right now because Trump does not have a mandate. Now there, there there's, there's this concept of rugged individualism in America, and then there's the then there's, then there's the group dynamics. This is this is this is where the pivotal moment are, is going to happen, and this is where this is where the pop the, the the most positive thing is is that Trump has two years before there's another vote where the American people can vote out most of those 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 um GOP members and stuff like that if they get involved. The plus side is is that only 22 percent of my country voted for that guy. So the hope would be is that you get all the GOP guys back out and then flip it back up. But the bigger question is going to be this, because I feel like right now we're in the revenge of the cis times where we, we went full Vader. Like we had attack of the clones for like, we had attack of the clones with the Obama years where we were like teetering on either side. We could fall down on. And now this is literally the revenge of the cis time. Now what, what can happen here is this, is that, even though my generation made the mistake, the younger kids could be the Luke Skywalker. And if enough adults kind of rack this Trump bullshit and, and, and show no quarter with this, then there's a possibility that the next generation is going to be more politically aware of what's going to go on. I know, I know that what I'm going to do in the next coming months is I'm going to get out there and start educating people and getting them involved in more of their local and state stuff like that. That's my goal. Get young people to get around and stuff like that. That's the major thing. The worst thing that can happen is is that everybody just goes into apathy and just say, okay, whatever's going to happen, happen. My key, the one plus is, is that you're going to have to have watchdogs in every state who went blue. The vast majority of us aren't Trump supporters. So if those people take that shit seriously and go in there, that could be the plus. But always, always the danger with the American people is, is that it's very easy to slip into a comfort mode and be like, whatever, this is how it's going to be. But that's, I say it can go 50-50 either way, but I think that's where it's teetering at. I think I don't Trump himself is not the issue right now. Trump Trump is a, is a is a symptom of 
Americans getting too comfortable and not taking their responsibility of being American seriously. I think that's the big issue right now. And, our, and my question is, are we going to really let the 22% dictate how this country is going to go? Because that should not have happened on November 8th. So that's my prediction. I think Trump is going to be, I think Trump is going to be a bad president. I don't think he's going to, I don't think he's going to destroy, destroy things. I think it's just a, it's a moral and spiritual test right now that's going on for America's soul. I think the test is how much is the American people going to tolerate of this stuff. That's who the real, what the real problem is. That's what I think it is. It's not, Trump is beyond that because I think Trump is just going to be Trump. And that's how it's going to be. Um, it can go anyway. The question, the wild card is, is that because he didn't see his tax and stuff like that, he has business, like he has business issues and stuff like that that go against the American people. The question is, if there is, if there are serious ties to Russia, how far is that going to go, and how much are the American people going to tolerate that? So I think that's pretty much my prediction: is that it's all up to the American people to see if they're going to eat shit, and if they eat shit, then we're all fucked. If we don't eat shit, and then we take it further, then. Then I can see positivity happening in the next two years and not four years. Okay. That's interesting. Um, I've got more kind of specific ones pertaining to Donald Trump himself. Um, so I think that uh, if he can uh, lower corporate tax rates and if he can get a lot of these companies, the big companies, to actually bring back certain manufacturing to America, that would probably be a good thing for your average American in certain states, definitely. Even if a lot of those manufacturing jobs are actually going to be performed by robots, you're still talking about bringing a large chunk of money back into the country and the cash flow would then be within the country as opposed to particularly uh, around the Far East. Um, I think that's something that could be a real benefit. Also, I think he could stimulate certain, um, certain fiscal policies and confidence because... Even if, even if he is just a complete muppet a lot of the time, there is a chance that what he represents, um, loosely air quotes, is business. And if people think, well, okay, there's a businessman instead of like a career politician in charge of America, then perhaps this is a good time to invest in business in America or to start up a business or to back corporations or this or that. Now, don't get me wrong, I have my misgivings about all of those things because yeah. basically... It, this is the thing. Trump is again. He's he's a figurehead and he's a representation of like an era almost, as opposed to being an individually powerful person. It's the corporations yes. that run America, and it's the army that runs America. It's not the president who runs America. The president. This is the thing. If the president, throughout one or two terms, can do one actual genuinely big positive thing, then they've yes. had a brilliant result. So exactly. say for say for Obama, it was Obamacare. Which ironically might just get destroyed, you know. But yeah. um, but that was the the genuinely good thing. Even if it had its drawbacks, it had a lot of concessions. People are like, oh, it, it's it's a disaster. Works in I'm progress. Like, Everything's works in progress. Yeah, but also every he got voted against on that so many times. What he actually wanted was a, a really good system, and yes. because they kept fighting it and fighting it and fighting it, then it had to have so many concessions. But regardless, he got it through. And, and you're talking to someone who, in the NHS, uh, you know, like, if it wasn't for the NHS, I'd probably be dead. Like, a genuine... If I was in America, I don't think I'd be able to afford the crazy... The amount of the health problems I've had, I'd be dead, basically. So, um, so there you go. Okay. Now, the other thing is this. Politically, like, around the world, Obama has been a really good thing. Because yes. 
again, as I said, he's a figurehead of America, and they look and they think, okay, this guy, first of all, he's black, he's not white, okay, that's interesting. Then they think he's calm, he's measured, he doesn't want to go into war. If we provoke him, the likelihood is that we're not going to start a full-scale war because Obama's just a bit too clever. He won't get carried away. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. And and the results speak for themselves. Okay, there's been a lot of kind of like lower level things and, uh, you know, a lot of drone attacks and all that kind of stuff. But if you're talking about a big catastrophic Iraq style or Vietnam style war, then America has really stayed out of it under Obama's administration. And that's been yeah. an incredible thing for world politics. Because I tell you what, if you're talking around 2005, 2003, if you said you were American, yeah, I, I remember traveling around, I think I went to Egypt in 2004 and got into a taxi and like me and my friend... You know, started talking to the taxi driver, blah, blah, blah. And um, and he thought we were American. Yeah. And, and we had to dig ourselves out of that so quickly because, like, he absolutely turned on us. We were like, no, 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 no. We, were, we used to say we're from India. Because <laughs> we couldn't even say we were from the UK at that point because the UK had joined in. So, basically, we just had to tell everyone we're from India. And yeah. um, But America's name was absolutely in the mud at that point. And Obama oh, has done so much to repair That's that. That's what I'm saying. He really hasn't, and, and like a lot, most most Americans just might not realise it, you know. But like they were hated for a long, long time, um, and under Obama, he's done a brilliant job of PR. Now, I do think he's a bit of a Hollywood president. I do think he's a PR genius, absolutely. But yeah. uh, but I, I still think he's an incredibly intelligent man, and he's rational, and he's a great orator, and he's represented America in a very dignified manner. Yeah. Now we have Donald Trump. And sorry, hang on. I'm not even going to say we. You have Donald Trump. I don't. Have Donald Trump. Yeah. So if you, you're going from Obama to Trump, now there will be blood. Yeah, there will be blood. And and it's. I just hope there's like a limit on it. That's all. I just hope it doesn't get completely out of hand. And you know what you're saying about like in two years' time, the GOP and all that kind of stuff. I just hope at that point he doesn't deliberately distract the wider American public because. Uh, okay, so this is my next point. The thing is, is that Obama has been a bit of a Hollywood president, I, I think, but but he's had good intentions. So it's kind of like, okay, fine, that's fine. Trump, I think, will continue to use Twitter. And I I think he would. And I think he uses oh, it. He as an, and he uses it as such an incredibly intelligent tool. Yeah. If you think about, he will just set the whole media and the whole country and the whole globe off on some random wild goose chase here. Yeah? you know, pissing in Russian hotel rooms and blah, 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 all that kind of stuff. And then in the middle of the night, we'll set up the, <laughs> these votes that destroy democracy oh, yeah. as you know it. And, and if, if you think that that's not entirely planned, he knows his role. Yeah, he knows his role. And he plays it to, I'm not going to say absolute perfection because I think he's got a while to go to that, but he plays it very intelligently. He's not some dumbass. He's not. And, and if you discredit him in that way, then that's when they'll start to really sneak in a lot of things. If you just treat him as a, as a complete idiot, it's one thing that George Bush was a puppet and a bit of an idiot. Yeah, fine. Donald Trump is neither of those things. Yeah, Donald Trump is a tool for certain ideologies, and that's a lot more dangerous, I think, because it's, I, I don't know, I, I, I can just foresee a lot, a lot of kind of, it's one thing if Donald Trump has some businesses and they benefit, and he's already get on, getting on like the Exxon boss and all that kind of stuff. And, and you know, okay, fine, certain corporations are going to really benefit from Trump's president. Yeah. You know, I, I think that's obvious. However, I think the one thing you want to avoid is kind of like really catastrophic events. Like you don't want a gigantic recession. You don't want a war. Those are the two really, really massive things. 
And you also don't want to completely divide the country, you know, racially and um, uh, economically, all these kind of things. You just want to keep a bit of stability. If he can do that, then that's already overachieving, basically, for him. I guess, because from, from, the, from the inside, I don't know how it looks from the outside, but I've, I've seen it with the kids in school and everything like that. Um, the problem is the majority of us who have issues with Trump, we're, we're, we're dealing with him on two fronts because he is allowing a certain mentality to come back that has a, like a certain mentality to come back that hasn't been here, like at least in, in the mainstream since like the 60s, the civil rights movement. He's throwing this stuff back out and throwing like this red meat to that group. Going back to what you're saying about the um about the jobs in this country, well, there's always been this there's always been this group in the middle where I sympathize with them to a certain extent. But part of the problem is we always talk about this American this American concept of bootstraps. Where, well, if you just work real hard and you do it yourself, then there should be no excuse why you're failing. But the the problem that happens is this. For example, if you look on a coast where the coast makes a lot more money than the mid, the, those middle countries that voted for Trump, my taxes, more often than not, go to support those people. The same people who tell me that I'm out of touch with, the, I'm, I, I'm out of touch with this country, blah, blah, this and that. I personally have no problem paying taxes. I do believe in, in, um, in, a, in, a, in a social structure. I do believe in, in like, like, like this whole symbiotic situation where we all help each other, this and that. So I got no problem paying taxes, stuff like that. My problem seems to come in where you have a specific group where the same ones that tell me I need to adapt are the ones that are unwilling to adapt. And I'm not saying it's like a, like a separate thing because there is a reality going back to what you're saying about the the um the mechanized, the situation where everything is going to be more um, computer-assisted and stuff like that when it comes to these manufacturing jobs. There is this thing where like certain people, and it's not just the middle people, sometimes people on the coast too, but there's a traditionalist ideal like we want to keep things the way they always are rather than them adapting to this upcoming globalization because... I don't think that, I think the world is actually going towards that route and it can't be stopped. And if you're going to have to compete at the world stage, you're going to have to adapt and find new lanes of jobs that are going to be more relevant to the era that you're in. And I think it goes back to when Trump's talking about the coal mine, the, the coal jobs, this and that. And it's like, that's cool and all, but that stuff's going, that stuff is kind of going out the door. So you kind of have to train these people to learn new things. But the thing with Americans sometimes is, is that we're in love with our own mythology and we're in love with our own, the good old days, like make America great again. It was like, who was it really great for these last 200 and plus years? It's, it's up to very recently when we just started working on equality. It haven't really been equal. So the same people who are complaining about this shit now are the same ones who benefited from that lack of equality. And they want to go back to that certain thing rather than black people are 14% of the population. And they always yell about people trying to take away their jobs. It's, there's no way that we can take away their jobs because we're only 14% of the population. We can't get that shit. But in their mentality and the way they see it, it's like they are considered the norm. And once they see something that deviates from that norm, then that's a problem. And all the information that they get fed to them from Fox News and all other stuff like that, it, it gives them a skewed worldview that the world's against them. Whereas the reality is the world is changing and you have to adapt to it. And they want to keep it to this good old days kind of situation. And it doesn't work that way. It just doesn't work. So it's this, it's, it's these, it's this detached America where it's like the two Americas where it's, it's, the, it's the coasts that want to adapt and move on in a sense. Even though the coasts aren't perfect by a long shot. Don't get me wrong. But they're a lot more farther along than those old places. I'll give you a prime example. My friend's in the Air Force. And he grew up in Jersey with me. And he would tell me that you would be shocked how... Um, 
how relatively uneducated and like he's like he, and he sympathized. He, he's not saying it's a negative thing. He was like, but if you look at the the worldview of certain people in certain areas, their worldview is so skewed. It's in, it's, it's insane how skewed it is, and like. And, like, they vote against their own best interests. Like, for example, the whole entire thing with Obamacare and ACA. Right now, it's going on that these people, because the word says Obamacare, they think that's not good. But it's the same thing as the ACA. And they didn't do the research enough. All they heard is Obama. He's the enemy, blah, 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 and that, so I got to appeal it. And now these people who, like you said, talking about you earlier, with the situation of they're throwing away the opportunities with the pre-existing conditions that, back in the day, you couldn't get any health care because of those things. Because of, the, because of the insurance companies and stuff like that didn't want to cover that. But now you have to get covered underneath Obamacare, the ACA. And now they shoot themselves in the foot. And it goes back to that mentality of everybody who doesn't look like them or seem like them is the enemy. When in reality is, is that the same people that you're complaining about are the ones that are footing the bill to help you out. Because you're not generating enough revenue in your state to kind of go that route. So it's this weird kind of dichotomy in America where it's like, we want to pull those people up. That's, here's the plot twist that those people don't understand. We want to pull you up. We want people to, to, to be successful. But at the same time, you kind of have to get with the times. All we're asking you to is get with the times and, and be fair and reasonable. I don't expect humanity to be 100% fair. That's human nature. Humans are destructive, but they're also beautiful. This is, that's how we are. That's just the reality of who we are. We struggle with that. But if we could balance it towards the other scale, we can go that way. But it's just that there's two groups right now. It's one group that wants to keep it in the same way, and that's 22% of the country. And it's crazy how our situation got rigged up to where that group, Winded up having the overall say of where the direction of this country is going. So I don't know. I, I'm going to be a bit of a, a bit of a bugger now. Basically, I think you're giving the American people a bit too much credit, and I, I, I don't mean in I don't mean to insult the American people because I, I kind of I, I kind of sympathise with it because in the end, people have got to do what they've got to do, and <laughs> and the. They're motivated by pretty selfish means because, you know, it's your, it's your own life. You've got to do whatever it is to stay afloat, to get ahead, to tread water, whatever it is. Yeah. And, and so if people think that this person will represent my needs, and this is how Trump played everyone, you know, he did it so yeah. well. Mm-hmm. If, if he can continue to do that, then uh, plus if the economy's doing all right. And, and here's, here's one of the stupid things. The economy in America has been doing bloody well. It's come out of recession brilliantly. The amount of jobs, you know, I follow all this stuff because of the stock market. Yeah. You know, the amount of new jobs being created every month, yeah, the historic lows of unemployment, it's incredible. And the stock market has been unbelievable since basically since the recession ended, you know. Yeah. And, um, and it's not all just about the stock market, you know. But, but in terms of generally... There's, there's a real level of economic strength to America and yeah. employment as well. So Trump can come in and say, oh, you know, look what I've done, blah, blah, blah. He, he's not done that, literally not done anything um, yeah. other than there's a bit of a rally. Obama has done a very good job. He's overseen things in a very good way, in not perfect, but in a, in a good way, you know. However, if you say that to someone who's just not got a job, yeah, they're struggling to get a job, their industry is closing down and they have no other skills, then they can be like, well, I don't care about all those other people. What about me? That bloke is saying what I want to hear. You know, I'm going to give that guy a vote. But here's my argument with that, though. But here's my argument with that, though. The majority of black people who do as much as worse as those other people didn't fall for that either. You know what I'm trying to say? Like, there's, there's only so far you can take that because at the same time, you can say that. But at the end of the day, the majority of us did not, whether through laziness or they didn't care or they voted for Hillary, the majority of us did not fall for Trump's tricks. You know what I'm trying to say? So I do give the American people a little bit more credit than that. You know what I'm It'd be one thing if the vast majority of Americans voted for that guy. Either people voted for Hillary or they were so apathetic towards the, 
towards both of them that didn't vote. So the majority of us did not fall for Trump. You know what I'm saying? Do you get yeah, what I'm saying? With I, that? I, can, yeah, I can understand that definitely. Yeah. But then the half the country didn't vote, so you can't say that yeah. half the country didn't that didn't fall for it. They just literally didn't vote. So that's kind yeah. of you know. The, the one thing that's always shocked me is that mm. how many white women voted for Trump instead of Clinton. I mean, it, yeah, it goes back. To, it goes back. It goes back to that old school mentality with those women. Because I give you an example. I, at my at my job, there were white women that voted for Hillary. And one white lady, she was crying or asked. She did, she did not understand it. She could not get, she couldn't fathom how, because like most of the white women that I worked with at my job, they voted for her. And like there was one girl, she was crying. I kid you not. She was like, I don't understand how you could support some dude. That's like that. Like this is so regressive. It's ridiculous. You know what I'm saying? Mm-hmm. So it's, 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 a, it's, a, it's a weird, <sighs> I'll say this. I'll say this about the American people. Um, the thing I'll, I'll give you on is that there's an there's a credible lack of due diligence on research that a lot of us don't do. I'll give you that one. Even going back, because to me, I'm like, the people who didn't vote, if you did the research, then you, you, you'd have to, in your mind, have to vote. If you did the research, you have to look at everything, then you know you had to do your duty to make sure that that situation didn't go where it was going to go. You know what I'm trying to say? It's like that thing. I think the American people's flaw is, is that there's an arrogance on, I'll give you this one. There's an arrogance of how smart we are when it comes to following our gut rather than actually doing the research and then mixing that up with whatever your observations on life is. Yeah, yeah. There's a lot of people. That, I'll, I'll say that one. Does that does, you agree with that one? Yeah, completely. Yeah, that's the one I'll say right there. There's, there's a bad habit of following our gut too much rather than looking at. Because here's the thing. Like I said, I'm not a. I'm not a. I'm not 100% politically minded by any any sense of the word. I got lucky in my life. I mean, this is not. I'm not this is going to sound arrogant, but it's not arrogant. But my mind has been advanced since I was a kid. I've been, I read newspapers when I was like two or three years, two year, three years old, and my understanding of perception has been like that since I was younger. I had thoughts of understanding how religion worked and all the stuff like that since I was like twelve years old and stuff like that. So, I I, I got I, whether through whether through intervention or I got lucky or was just like I, my, how my brain processed. I was able to figure that stuff out without having to do that. But the people that I observe, it's like I was talking to my one of my neighbors, and my neighbors like me. And he talks to me like, he's like, and he was like, the problem with Americans is, is that they want to fit in so bad to what the norm is, is that they're afraid to be an individual. They talk, they, we talk a good game about being individuals, but at the end of the day, a lot of us want to be long and they're afraid to not step out of that box and look like a weirdo. Like I was talking to my friend the other day, I'll give you an example. This is a prime thing that I have an issue with. Um, and we were talking about, he was asking me about why I don't hang around with people so much a lot. And in my mind, I'm, I'm simply like, I keep. Like I have, I have no interest in unnecessary small talk like that. And there's nothing wrong with small talk like that. But my thing is kind of like, I rather talk to people that are progressive and going to move on this and that and have something to bring substance. I have really no interest in people who just toe the, the party line or whatever. Because I'm not a Democrat or a Republican. I just vote for the best person possible with the situation I have, and I keep it moving because I'm a pragmatist. You know what I'm trying to say? I don't get caught up in that because I don't believe in my heart. I don't believe a lot of people are either fully conservative or fully liberal. Or maybe they lean one way or the other, but I think there's a mixture and a balance. There's some kind of nuance there. Um, but um, there is a there is this bad habit of people wanting to go along with whatever the crowd is because that's just the way how people think and they don't want to deviate from that. I don't know how that is in other countries, but that is a serious problem in this country. But I think that's, that's tribalism. That's on a base yeah. human level. That's hardwired yeah. into most people. You know, yeah. for me, I'm not really a, a tribalistic person. Um, yeah. But I know I'm in the real minority when it comes to that, you know. And it, yes. it, it's kind of, uh, I'm, I'm the sort of person who I'd rather kind of try and seek the truth out. 
And sometimes it comes at, at the expense of offending people or, you know, if I don't take their side irrationally and stuff like that, then they'll get annoyed. Absolutely. But I'm, I'm like, well, what do you want me to do? You know, it's kind of like, you know, kind of like Sherlock Holmes or House or something. If, 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 if I just think, well, no, I want to know what the truth is here. I don't care about what your yeah. point of view is. Yeah. But most people aren't like that. Most people are tribal beings. Most people, you know, they want to feel part of something and they don't want to feel isolated. That's a very human thing and, and it's hardwired yeah. into us, you know. Um, yeah. I, I think the thing is, is that, like I said to you before the election, we went through so much of this with Brexit. And <laughs> and even though now it's kind of on a micro scale to how much of a clusterfuck Trump is going to be, <laughs> but then, then, you know, Brexit is I don't know Brexit was a really massive shockwave in the UK and uh-huh. um, I kind of it's one of those things where again a lot of us got duped and stuff like that and um, I say us because I'm, I'm trying to be charitable but you know I didn't vote yeah. for Brexit but yeah. you know it's one of those things that a lot of people just had it as a protest vote you know they're just like oh yeah you know it's not really gonna happen we just want to protest and stuff and, and then let me ask and, a question. and then there's like a whole London bubble where you know everyone really thought okay there's no way this is gonna happen so a lot of people didn't vote <laughs> yeah. that's a that's my biggest I'm like that's my the biggest frustration I have and that's my where my biggest anger is I'm like it just takes one minute to just hit that button and keep moving on that's all you have to do like I vote I vote every local I, I vote every local, I vote every state, I vote everything. I always vote. That's my civic duty. I'm like, like it's, it's, it's in a way, like, I understand that there are certain countries that don't have the, the quote-unquote luxuries that America has. So I have to take my civic duty seriously. I have to take the, the bigger picture. I got a responsibility not only to my country but to the world because, like you said, I was so furious. With the whole Iraq thing with George W. Bush, I'm like, what? The? Like, I was like, not only did you, not only did you get those innocent Iraqi people killed when you bombing the hell out of them, you got these American soldiers believing that they were doing the right thing when they weren't, and they got killed too as well. I'm like, what the fuck is going on here? I was so furious with that shit. I was like, this shit cannot happen, and people are just taking this stuff by the wayside. There is a symbiote, like I said, going back to globalism. Like we all are interconnected. We're more connected now in this in this world than ever before. Like what happens in one part of the world is going to affect other world. Maybe not fast, maybe not some faster than others, some slower than others, but it is going to affect the equilibrium. And that's, and I'm like, you people can't sit there and afford to sit on your ass and say, well, it's not going to change anything. It's going to change everything. The biggest trick, the, the, the biggest trick the metaphorical devil ever pulled was saying that voting doesn't count. It does fucking count. They, they bank those people, those, those powers that be bank on motherfuckers believing that their vote don't count. So they stay home and they can do the same shit they do. NASA makes you furious. I'm like, you people are getting duped. Like, there's no, there's a reason why gerrymandering is going on and we're sort of suppressing going on. If voting didn't count, they would not give a shit about any of that. Yeah. And if you talk about the Iraq war, then I actually went on the march in London and um, yeah. there, there were like, what, 750,000, a million people, maybe some estimates. Yeah. I was one of them. Yeah. And we mar- we marched through, you know, the whole of London uh, against, yeah. against the war. And, okay, the thing is, is that the war went ahead. So you can look at it through one perspective and say, well, that didn't matter. It didn't make any difference. But the reality is that it still summed up the mood of a nation and it put these people on tenterhooks. It made them sweat. It made them think, okay, we're going to go ahead with this, but there are people who are not happy with this. If if we make too many wrong moves, this might just fly back in our face. You know, and actually, actually, Tony Blair was a really popular prime minister, incredibly popular prime minister up until Mm -hmm. that point. After that, everything went south for him. Let me ask you a question. Let me ask you a question. So say, so say on inauguration day, you see like you see this unprecedented amount of the American people 
like marching against Trump? And, and, and if the media decides to show that, how would that look to you guys? Let me ask you that question. I think that would be a good thing, to be honest, because okay. <clears throat> I think one of my, this was going to be one of the last points that I was going to make. But one of my worries is that I know there have been a lot of dystopian films in Hollywood recently in particular, you know, Hunger Games, this, that, blah, 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 yeah. all that kind of stuff. I do have a bit of a worry about America and I know, I know people like Elon Musk and a lot of these Silicon Valley entrepreneurs, uh, they kind of share yeah. it. But once there comes a tipping point where you have rich white men having so much money and then the access to uh, technology, yeah. once technology reaches, reaches a certain tipping point, like say, and we're not far off from it. You know, I, I made this example to my wife. We were talking about this the other day. I was like, okay, fine. Now drones are starting to become a lot more prevalent. First, they, they they kind of it was used by the military, but then they start dressing it up in nice ways. Like if you fly over this waterfall, it can give you a lovely shot of the waterfall. Blah blah blah, all that kind of stuff. And there's been this whole drone, drone, drone thing. Next, you know, uh, oh, it would be great if you could have your pizza delivered by drone. Now that's the thing. Amazon, they're going to have drones. And I said to her, I was like, okay, fine. What about in America, right, where you know everyone's fucking crazy and got a gun? What about if basically? Amazon were like, okay, our drones are getting attacked by a lot of people, yeah, mm-hmm. um, and so to protect our customers and our shareholders, we are going to fit defensive mechanisms on our drones. Yeah. So what it is is it's got it's got cameras everywhere, it's got infrared cameras, it's got heat seeking things, and it's got the ability to shield from bullets, right? And they're like, okay, fine, we're going to give this a try next year. They're like, okay. We had some success, but it would be a lot more successful if we could have um, tasers fitted to it, yeah, like long-distance tasers or some shit. Mm-hmm. The next year after that, they're like, okay, actually, do you know what? We're going to put guns on this. Now, now you've got one of the most powerful companies in the world who have a fleet of flying drones, right, partially controlled by artificial intelligence, yeah, with guns on them that could basically come up to our windows at night and shoot the hell out of us and just kill us yeah. in an instant. Now I know that I know that there might be, but Elon Musk shares these things, and he's a million times cleverer than I. Am. Now, yeah. if you have the wrong group of people who basically want to build an ivory tower and yeah. protect themselves and subjugate and enslave everyone, not it doesn't matter what your race is, whatever, blah, blah, blah. they just want everyone to do whatever they want. Okay. Now there will come a tipping point in technology where this will be absolutely available to them. Yeah. All they need is the right money and the wrong motivation. Now, yeah. the the problem with now now we can extrapolate that to Trump. Someone like Trump in his Trump Tower, yeah, <laughs> is the ideal candidate to push this kind of thing through. So that's my worry is in a long term thing, not not in necessarily in his four years, but the amount of thing that gets swept under the carpet, uh, you, you know. Yeah. Kind of, that's what kind of worries me, and I think okay. This could actually long term be bad for the human race. <laughs> yeah, yeah. You know, whereas, whereas under Obama, yeah, there were loads of drones. There were loads of military drones flying around killing people. I absolutely understand that. But the problem is, is when you yeah. start bringing into modern society, and um, yeah, I, I don't know. I, I know that that might sound like a bit of a tin hat moment. And I no, completely no, understand no, if no. people did think that, but I'm just trying to, to think me, forward to like twenty. Years. Be honest with you, I never thought Donald Trump would be president, so anything is possible. So, there you go. <laughs> I never thought, I never, there, there was never a thought since the, the moment I know Trump from the 80s. There never a point I was like, you know what? That guy's going to be president one day. And then when I saw him actually going through, I was like, there's no way he's getting, I was like, there's no way. There's no way people are that stupid that they fall for this shit. There's no way. And then, as you know, it's what happened. So the, the, the question was going to happen is this. It's going to be interesting with the American people. 
And I think this is probably going to be like on the way out of our this podcast. If it turns out, okay, we're talking about tinfoil hats. If it turns out that there's there's legitimate there's legitimate proof that Trump and his cabinet were in collusion with the Russians, my question is, what are American what are what are, are the American people going to do about that? Because I know for a fact, like we go and go back to what they like. I know for a fact, and and are you going to giggle at this one? Like how how certain parts of of, of Americans involved in other people's elections. So I guess it's kind of like the like um like you like like karma in a sense right there. So don't feel don't cry for me, Argentina, I guess. But um my question is is what's gonna happen if that turns out to be the truth and how people are gonna go about that. That's gonna be the million dollar question. Because right now it's all I mean even though there's stuff coming out this and that, I mean even when all, when certain things coming out on left and right, there's still no hundred percent certifiable proof that that stuff's going on. There's there's a lot of like inferences and stuff like that and most likely scenarios. But it's going to be interesting to see how much the overall American people is going to tolerate. So that's my big giant thing going forward. So there's that with me. I think I think they're going to tolerate a lot. If you think about how much they've tolerated over the past year and a uh, half, yeah, and and now he's actually in power. Um, mm. uh, I, I can't really foresee the American people doing anything massively, to be honest. And and if and if they do, then I can see. Donald Trump empowering the the authorities or the military to just go in and stamp on them. You know, that's that's yeah. what I think. Um, yeah, that that might be quite a negative way. I, I have faith in the people. Don't we get, get me wrong? Oh yeah, 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 yeah. But I also believe that <laughs> the guy in charge now could not care less, and he will do what he can to. You know, I, I don't. He doesn't need the votes now. I, I don't think. I don't think he really care. I'm sure he'd like to be president for eight years, but then. To be perfectly honest, he's going to do so well out of this presidency from a monetary perspective that he might oh, just yeah. think, "Well, I might just do this." For he was going to, he was going to do well if that, he lost. Yeah, yeah, exactly. But but he's going to do so spectacularly well that he might think, "Well, I'll do this for four years, set everything up to fund my own interests and stuff like that, and yeah. benefit benefit from it directly, and then get out, and then it's the next person's problem. Who cares?" Um, mm. y- you know, I don't know. I mean, yeah. I think I think there's a lot of things that could go wrong. Um, there's a few things that could go right. Um, yes. And and like you said, you know, you never know. Maybe this new generation will actually start to empower themselves and to learn more about the the non presidential election cycles. Yes, because that's the key to everything. The key is in order to, in order to in order to heal a body, you have to work at the cellular level. And the problem is if if, if the cells aren't if, if the cells aren't performing their their duty, then you're going to have a sick body. It's that's what it is right now. It's like people aren't taking their. Americans, a lot of Americans aren't taking their position in life very seriously. And I know things are frustrating. I know life isn't fair. This is the thing I have to, this is the thing that I give black people credit for is that other than the Native Americans, we've been shit on mostly by everybody. And even through all that, the majority of black people do make the pragmatic choice. And they see that they're, even though there may be two evils, quote unquote, two evils, like we still are going to make the best possible choice out of those situations and try to push forward. You know what I'm trying to say? So there's that thing. I always made this argument that the natives and, and black people have seen America for what it is the longest time. It's kind of disappointing that sometimes, uh, and it's not all of them, like sometimes the group, it's, like, oh, it's always been this thing with America where it's like, it's the European frame of mind. I don't know how you guys are now, but I know that since the history of America, it's always been like that w- the wasp ideal was to kind of look up to. And they shit it on the Irish, and they shit it on the Italians, and they shit it on the Chinese and Asians, blah, blah, this and that. And then each time they allowed each group to kind of like fit in, but not really. 
as long as they were able to shit on somebody else. It's always like, just make sure you have that group that they're that they're the fuck ups, whether it's Muslims or Mexicans or black people. You know what I'm saying? Yeah. That kind of thing like that. So going back to black people, it's like the majority, like like ninety three percent of black women voted for Hillary. Like they do they trust her? Do they trust her to throw her? No, of course not. But they easily saw that one made far more sense than the other one. Like we're not sitting there voting like, oh, she's going to be our savior. It's like okay, we see two people. We see a we, we see we see a guy that's not qualified. And we see one that's qualified that may be a little shady. Okay, I'd rather have somebody who's qualified who knows what the hell they're doing. So at least that if we get the right people in our Congress and our and our um in our in our Supreme Court, that we can kind of like dictate what they need to do and stay on their necks. So I don't know. So I think the biggest the, the worst the biggest enemy to America is it Trump? It's apathy and a lack of perspective. I think that's the biggest issue that we have right now. Yeah. Well, on that note, uh, I think we should probably wrap this one up. Um, it kind of went a little bit longer than we thought, but there's there's so much to cover. Um, maybe, maybe we could do like a you know every now and then sort of dip in and see yeah catch up going, you know if something big happens yeah yeah something big happens which will probably be in about twenty minutes from now. Uh, <laughs> <laughs> no, it'll be on Friday. It'll be on Friday. It's gonna be. I swear to you, I have had a dream last night that, the, that like the inauguration day was gonna be like the ending of Dark Knight. Where like they're all clashing against each other in the streets. You're gonna have all the women marchers, and you're gonna have all the KKK and neo Nazis there, and they're all gonna just rush each other and start having a showdown. <laughs> well, the, the plan is to, the plan is actually to release this one on Friday as a special bonus episode. Um, so we won't be able to tell you if that actually happened, but if it does, then this can be your podcast for the day <laughs> as you're getting bombed yeah. by your drones, <laughs> yeah. Donald drones. Um, well, yeah, I guess we should sign off. And um, I feel sorry for you, man. I, I actually genuinely do. Like, and, and you know, you should feel sorry for me because Brexit's going to be an absolute fucking disaster as well. Um, so yeah, I think rest, I think Western civilization took took an L in 2016 and it 2017. Did. It did. It definitely. <laughs> did. But you know what? All you can do is your best. You know, you can only do, oh yeah, that's all you can your do. own life and, and and try and try and do the best that you can moving forward. Mm-hmm. So. Yeah, there you go. Well, all right. should we uh, should we sign off? Yes, to sign off. I think yeah, there's only one sign <laughs> think of, which is good night and good luck. The fire rises. <laughs> Peace. <laughs>